Welcome back, everybody, to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. Let me get into this business real quick, and then we'll get into our guests. It's going to be a great show today. Please follow me at Farley Betts on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. You can also uh, watch me and Kate Constable and Alice Christensen and Josh C. on the BetUS NBA show five times a week at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And please follow us at The Odds Breakers on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter as well. Articles, podcasts, things are constant over there at The Odds Breakers. Give us a follow. Check out the site, theoddsbreakers.com, uh, where, I mean, really, guys, every sport, constant. We got premium picks over there. Let me know if you're interested in my premium picks. Right now we are – the heck are we? We're 48 and 35. That's 58% plus 12.5 units in the NBA playoffs. Uh, that's actually a better mark than the regular season. Of course, way more picks in the regular season. Um, but, uh, you know, not not a bad record right now. So let's see if we can keep that going. I mean, playoffs are hard. So we'll see. TBD on that one. Um, and finally, follow Sports Wager University at Sports Wager U. A lot of classes and content are coming down the pike. I know I've been saying that for a little while. It is a startup company, but it's going to offer you guys a lot. So stay tuned for that. Can't wait you to see more from us at SWU. And with that, I'm going to segue right into our guest who I think just woke up. I mean, not long ago, you know, she's on the West Coast. She's the esteemed guest of the BetUS NBA show, also a handicapper. And I, I'm pretty sure we're friends at this point. I mean, of course we are, you know, you know, except for when I talk about Devin Booker. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Kate Constable returns to the show. Kate with sleepy eyes over here. How are you doing this morning? We're friends until you make me get up at seven in the morning to do a podcast. Then I'm not so sure. That's a friend doesn't do that to another friend. I know the the, the time differences are are so wacky. And like at at the end of the day, I'm really jealous of you because you're it's still like eight nine o'clock. You know your games are finished. You know you could just chill. You could read a book. You know whatever. I'm I'm struggling. I'm getting six seven hours of sleep which I think is starting to catch up to me in my old age. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at this time of the day, I'm ready to rock. I'm rolling and you're, you're still yawning and sleep. But, yeah, but sometimes you yawn on the show. You're, you're a notorious sleepy. I'm tired all the time. You know, there's something going on. Some, if anyone listening knows what to do when you're just exhausted 24-7, let me know. I could use some tips. <laughs> um, but that, that is the good thing about being in West Coast time is the games are earlier, so – I mean, you always ask me, are you staying up to watch this game? I'm like, yeah, I'm staying up. It starts at 4.30. Yeah, right, right. I hope I'm not in bed by 4.30. That would be a problem. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's so crazy. I mean, I in, in my limited uh, trips out west, I was just always jealous of that, especially with football, too. I want to watch, I mean, as as you probably know by now, too, with Circa and, and some of the, our um, history here. I love watching every single NFL game that I possibly can. Plus, they only come once a week, so you got to get your fill. So right. I'm up Monday until 1230. I'm, a, you know, it's it's yeah. it's not easy for us East Coasters. But um, all right, let's get right into it because let's just, as Josh said yesterday on the show about the Celtics, let's pull your Band-Aid off today about the Phoenix Suns. Um, not their best showing. I told you I won't give you too much of a hard time about Devin Booker and the Suns. <laughs> You know, we've had some nice, uh, I don't know, some people are calling on debates. I don't know if it was a debate because I think we all landed in relatively the same spot. Yeah. But, um, but you know, Devin Booker, not his best performance. Uh, Luca over 30 points again, but he got some good support like he needs. We even saw Spencer Dinwiddie showing, making some good shots. Mm -hmm. uh, Jalen Brunson brought it again. But what is this? It's like home teams thrive. 
maybe home team referees are more forgiving. Um, but but I, at this point, I don't think we can say it's not legit, right? Like the Dallas Mavericks are a pretty darn good team, and now the Suns have to beat them in game seven to move on. Yeah, I mean, Dallas has showed that they can play with the top team in the league. That's not a question at all. Uh, I mean, Luka's going to show up every game, and when he gets the supporting cast to show up, as they did last night, as they did in game three and four, uh, hitting tons of threes, like, they're a very tough team to beat. And I don't know if it was more that the Mavericks shut down Booker and Paul yesterday, or they just didn't come with, you know, one of their best performances, but... I mean, you're right. Booker didn't show up in the fourth quarter, didn't carry this team. All the things that we've talked about kind of over the past week in terms of his performance, but that was completely absent as of yesterday. And I'm not quite sure what the deal with Chris Paul is because the past three games, when did he fall out? Game four. Yeah. So game four, game five, game six, where, where has where's he been? I mean, he's not yeah. scoring. He had four assists yesterday. The point guard of the league Averaging double-digit assists has four assists in a closeout game. That you can't, you're not winning closeout games if Chris Paul's playing like that. And it's so interesting that the home team has won all of these, and none of these games have really been close outside of the final score of game one, which isn't reflective of how that game actually went. I mean, what the um, Mavs got it within seven. Uh, yeah, seven, but they were down 20 in the fourth quarter. So the Suns kind of stopped playing. So every game's kind of been a blowout towards, um, with the home team blowing them out. So, I I mean, for my sake as a Phoenix fan, let's hope that continues for game seven, but I don't think anyone on this Phoenix team thought we would be in this position. Uh, and I know me as a fan, I'm really hoping we weren't in this position because now the stress just goes up for the next couple of days, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, if there's any kind of like subconscious, um, you know, letdown uh, energy that's going on in players' minds when they're on the road, you got to figure game seven is going to be a little different, right? There's yeah. there's no more buffers, you know, this is it, uh, you know, which is funny because the NBA playoffs exist how they exist. But, I mean, you could have just skipped the last six games and we could have just had one game and figured this shit out. But but that's not how this goes, right? And and it's going to go down to come down to one game and – you know, I guess it's kind of fair. The the Phoenix Suns are getting more flack, but they they probably should, right? I mean, when when they blow out teams, we expect it mm-hmm. uh, because that's how good they've been in the regular season. And again, one of the best ATS teams in the NBA too. So they cover lines, uh, especially at home. They don't lose at home. Uh, now that's been consistent, but just you know, playing on the road as the same team. You mentioned Chris Paul. That's a mystery to me, Kate. I mean, I I don't you know. We can posit stuff all day here, but. Uh, historically, if anyone's going to show up in the playoffs for the Phoenix Suns, it is Chris Paul, right? Um, and for him to only have four assists, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that from last night. That's that's actually pretty shocking for him. Uh, and you know, Devin Booker, he came out aggressive. I I like the way that he came out. Uh, you know, he's nailing shots right from the beginning. I see that a lot from him, though. You know, like first half success, and then sometimes in the second half, maybe the same aggression or the same mentality is not there. And Obviously, it's harder to have when you're down by 20. Um, but uh, it, it, it looked like the Suns had real juice at the start of the second half. They're like, all right. I think they were down 15 at the half. And they were like, all right. You know, you can tell there was this kind of mentality like, we're just going to take this. We don't want game seven. Let's get back to Suns basketball. And to Dallas's credit, 
Um, they just kept on hitting shots. They kept on challenging every shot uh, for the Suns. I mean, the Suns had some open looks, but not as not as much as we've seen at home in previous games. You know, and, and, and again, that kind of disparity really throws me off and confuses me as a handicapper because what am I just supposed to blindly expect the home team to, you know? But, um, you know, credit to Dallas. It's certainly not all about Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns and what they didn't do. But you would expect the number one team in the NBA all year, two years in a row, best record, uh, you know, NBA finals, uh, you know, almost almost the champions last year. They made it to the NBA finals. So what what's your uh, prognosis, I guess, heading back to Phoenix? You're the Phoenix savant, you know, the Suns expert here. Uh, what do you expect to see just from the patterns that you've seen all year with this team? Going back home, where do you think? I mean, have you looked at the line yet? Because we could do a blind handicap and see. I would take the right, and I would I would take the Suns. Yeah, what's the line at right now? Six. Since last yeah. time I checked, it was Suns minus six. Yep. Um, is that what you would make it? Uh, Honestly, know, after game six, I, I'm not sure I would. I don't know. I might make it more of like a five. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying these lines are so sharp, but then, and I, I still think that like, that's where I would have it. I would have it at actually six and a half, seven probably because oh. I don't know the sun, the suns at home have been extremely impressive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, how do you not respect the Dallas Mass. Mavericks now for, for winning three games? It's just really tough Kate because it almost feels like handicapping goes out the window a little bit. You know, it's, it's, it's even more about uh, the poise and, and mm-hmm. these moments. And um, if, if that Dallas Mavericks team shows up, you know, that, that they find some rhythm, they're not too affected by the Phoenix Suns crowd. then this is, this has to be a close game. Yeah. But would we be shocked at all again? If like, you know, Devin Booker comes out 35 points, you know, Chris Paul's 12 assists, you know, DeAndre and is 25 point. I mean, no, this is, this is hard. Game six felt like the Suns were playing not to lose rather than to win. Right. And that never works out. You know, I feel like at home, they play to win. They play to just destroy teams at home. For some reason, you don't get that same mentality on the road, or at least in these playoffs, we really haven't. So I, I like the Suns to close this out, not just because I hope they do as a fan, but based on the way they played at home and at home against Dallas. Um, but there is some worry because the Mavs have shown that they're more than capable of hanging around with this team. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this question, Kate. Um, Monty Williams, right? I feel like you probably have a much better feel about him as a coach too. In these situations, game seven, um, I mean, first of all, I would say for a coach that seems as disciplined as it gets, so his players are probably as disciplined and buttoned up as it gets. um, I don't know how things like that happen and, you know, and away games because championship teams, the discipline teams, season teams don't really, you know, they don't feel those effects like some other, like, you know, new playoff teams do. But in a game seven, do you think the coaching style of Monty Williams helps in those situations or does it put even more pressure on the Suns? No, I think it helps. I think it helps because his players will know that these next couple of days they'll watch film and he'll make the right adjustments because he typically does. And I think that, knowing that, I don't know, that in-game adjustments are also something that Monty is extremely good at. I mean, clearly the adjustments they made in games 
three, four, and six didn't quite work. But no, I think his, I think his team trusts him to make the right choices, make the right decisions. Um, I don't think he puts added pressure on the guys either. I mean, you saw when he won Coach of the Year, how the team responded. That whole video yeah. that they put out. I mean, they love him and and they play yeah. for him. So I don't think that adds. I don't. I don't think he adds any extra pressure or worry to these guys as they go out, especially at home. Yeah, the, the guy. The guy reminds me of like some of the military like master mm -hmm. sergeants that I met in the military. You know, he's just he's very uh, serious, but you can tell probably very you know highly disciplined. Yeah, uh, I think he comes from a military background as well, so definitely yeah. establishes some of that within his program. Yeah, that checks out. Okay, so uh, let me give you my thoughts about Sunday's game. Uh, that is a – wow, that's a 10 o'clock game on Sunday? No, is it? Is it the late game on Sunday? They're going to make us wait um, till Sunday? I believe I it is a 10 o'clock game um, unless – It says CBD uh, on ESPN. Unless the Bucks go seven games. It depends on how that series goes. It'll be played oh, Sunday, right. just either in the afternoon or in the evening. Yeah, good point. Interesting how the, the Bucks and Celtics are not going to get uh, an extra day of rest in between if yeah. it goes to a game seven because they're already so beat up. Yeah. Uh, but the Suns and the Mavericks get an extra day. That's probably – I would say that's probably better for the Suns. You know, more yeah. prep going home, and they're just not as physical as a team um, yeah. as the Mavericks are. So, you know, maybe let those bodies rest and heal a little bit. But I, um, so my first, like, impulses and thoughts about this are – I still think the line's sharp, but I would still I would have to lean to the Suns. It's what we've seen over and over again. Uh, it's a big line, but maybe again, if you if you like Dallas, we saw it in Game Five. Maybe take Dallas early in that game, right? It took the Suns a little while to find their rhythm again, and then once they did, forget about it. You know, it was a thirty point win in the second half. Um, and the and as far as the total goes, at two oh eight, I would have to lean to the over because if if our narrative is that the Suns are going to explode and attack like you say they do at home, then this is probably going to go over. Unless, of course, Dallas only drops 80 points again, then you know maybe it's not going to go over. But yeah, those are my leans for now. What do you got on this? I would lean to the over as well. 208, I didn't know it was, that was what we were sitting at. That seems really low. Um, yeah. Especially for the Suns. Or maybe look to a Suns team total. That way, if Dallas does put up 80, at least the Suns are going to score more, maybe cover that number. Um, yeah. And then, as far as the side, I would lean towards the Suns as well. Just yeah, based and, on what they've shown in these three home games so far. Yeah, and again, to Josh's point on the show yesterday, the Suns usually they close out, you know, a series with a bang. So yeah, it, it's all it's all kind of there, right? They're at home. It's Game Seven. They know they're supposed to win this. They played bad in the previous game. So yeah. the only way I can I can look at this is at the Suns. Am I going to be? Shocked if the Mavericks keep this close again? No, um, but this is all about probabilities, right, guys? So um, I'm I'm going to lean for the Suns for now. On the Suns for now. All right, let's go to two really tough tough matchups tonight. Um, I kind of think that the Celtics and the Bucks are more interesting to talk about. So let's start with the Warriors. Yeah, let's start with the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Um, now it was eight and a half. It came out down to eight at most books. Still at eight and a half at some books. But at first glance, doesn't that seem like a huge line for a Warriors team who, I mean, again, you know, we're talking about the Suns. We just talked about the Suns and most people, you know, two days ago, they were like, wow, if the Warriors keep playing like this and the Suns are going to just, you know, truck them. But 
but then the Suns are kind of playing like that too. So I, I don't know what any team is doing in the Western Conference right now. Um, but, you know, one thing that I think that we can depend on is that the Memphis Grizzlies, without John Morant, maybe especially, are going to show up and play really tenacious basketball. Uh, we mentioned it on the show yesterday too. The Grizzlies' defense is better objectively without Jaw, just by the metrics this year. That's just how it is. I believe they're 20 and five without Jaw, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are plus eight on the road, Golden State after that stinker, after that embarrassment. Um, so I'll just say, as a as a as a handicapper, these are usually the spots where, even though it's extremely uncomfortable, I would take a team like the Warriors to cover still. Because of because all of the you know psychological aspects that are going into this, just getting embarrassed, heading back home, championship DNA, you know they got experienced guys on that team who have been to way way tougher spots before, and it's still game six, right? So they you know so they have a buffer, but they want to end it here. They don't want to go back to Memphis, uh, so it's really tough for me though because I want to pick the Grizzlies because they're such an exciting team and it's eight points in the playoffs. So I'm blabbing over here. What do you think about this game? Um, eight points in the playoffs is a lot. And I believe the Warriors are like one in 11 ATS in their last 12 games. So slight lean maybe towards the Grizzlies, but on the other hand, you don't get a Warriors performance like that very often. I mean, when was the last time we saw the Warriors lose by 40 points that, that doesn't ever happen. So imagine then going back to the Bay, you have veterans like Steph, Draymond, Clay, there's no way they're going to shoot that bad, especially in a potential closeout game. I think they smash in this spot. I, as much as maybe the logic kind of tells you to play on the Grizzlies, just in terms of the numbers and what the trends are in terms of covering for the Warriors. I think that this is um, a spot that the Warriors just close this game out. And I might even take like, I don't know, first, first quarters, Overs have been very profitable. Um, I'm not sure I would take the Warriors on this. I'd have to check what the spread is in the first quarter. Um, but Looks I know like you've got uh, the Warriors are minus three in the first quarter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd take that. I mean, the map, the um, the Grizzlies have come out fast and ready to play in these last two games without John Morant. And I think you get that with teams when their star is out, they like to try and set the tone earlier. Um, But I, I think I'd be prepared for a fairly high scoring first quarter, first half, kind of like we saw last game, even though the Warriors weren't hitting many shots that, that they're over hit in the first quarter, over hit in the first half. So that's kind of the play I would look towards. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the I Grizzlies look at have it. also they've also won the uh the Grizzlies have also won every first quarter so far in the series. Really? So that's that's interesting to see them plus three. Right? Huh. I mean that's kind of I mean, I mean, you know, again, obviously expecting that the Warriors are gonna come out and stomp, but can we expect that since that's the case that the Grizzlies have never lost the first quarter? I mean they're I they, they they start explosively. Yeah. And the Grizzlies are a much better defensive team without John Moran on the floor, too. I mean, he's kind of their biggest liability on defense. So without yeah. him, um, which kind of contradicts my high-scoring first quarter. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, it's only uh, at 53, though. So to your point, right, you're, um, uh, wow. that's, that's an advantageous line, I would think, if you want the over. Yeah, I believe it was 54 and a half or maybe even 56. Um in Memphis, well, is 
Yeah, I'm I'm referencing our partners at BetUS by looking at their book right now. Uh, shout out to BetUS. A little <laughs> nice little slide plug there. Yeah. Uh, so it's at 53, but usually their book represents, you know, of what like most books have. Like, yeah. You know, low key, I feel like BetUS probably just like, oh, that book has this. Okay. Let's put that book. I don't, I don't, For I don't sure. know. You know, but um, I don't know if it's the sharpest book, but it is what it is. But so you would lean to over 53 and you would lean to uh, like overall Memphis plus eight or just, or just early? No, just early. Yeah. Because I think I, I might even look to take uh, like a third quarter Warriors. They're one of the best third quarter teams in the league. And that's been fairly yeah. profitable. So I think the Grizzlies hang around for first quarter, maybe first half. And then third quarter, uh, they kind of explode like they did in games three and four at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point. Steve Kerr making those halftime adjustments. But is, is he going to be back today? Do we know? I don't know. There, I think yeah. there's a chance that he's not. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, like, I just want to know what to... Steve Kerr thought sitting on his couch watching that game. At what point did he turn it off? Like oh. <laughs> that had to be miserable. Just being helpless, not being able to out there coaching in a game where your team is just getting absolutely destroyed. Yikes. Yeah, and I feel like it's a you know it's a trust factor too, right? There's there's um you know maybe the players feel as if they know more than Mike Brown. Right. I, I don't know. You know, but I mean, I think I think they listen to Steve Kerr. So it's interesting to see maybe some of those dynamics changing or maybe, you know, the Warriors suffering some you know setbacks because of that. I, I, I don't know if we could blame a 40 point loss for the Warriors and Steve Kerr not being there. It's pretty bad. Um, but if Steve Kerr is not there, that's that's something that I have to incorporate into my handicapping at this point. Yeah. Um, um, I'm laughing inside, guys, because I, I was thinking about this. You know, Kate's in, in sunny Arizona. It's hot over there. And she's bundling herself up like she's in the Arctic. She's just, <laughs> you're going like this in the, in the podcast. That's because it's so hot here that you have to turn the air down. And then I wake up in the morning and it's like 62 degrees in my apartment and it's freezing. Yeah. Is there any better feeling than like going on a workout? you know, like a hike or like a run and you're just soaked with sweat and you walk, you walk into that ice box of American it, it's, it's pretty nice. Like it's, it's kind of sick, you know, cause it's like first world pleasures. Um, but, <laughs> but it's, you know, the dichotomy of the hot and cold is kind of fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry that you're freezing this, this morning. I'm actually sitting that, on like a heating pad right now because I was so cold. You're what? I'm, I'm sitting on a heating pad right now because I was so cold this morning. <laughs> so I'm wearing sweatpants, a sweatshirt, and I have a heating pad on me in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame the fact that I don't get as cold on my uh, winter weight, right? You, you get the you get the extra you get the extra padding in the winter, Kate. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't think that that's not something you can relate to in well, sunny Arizona, but over bit. here. <laughs> a little bit. All right, let's get into the Bucks and the Celtics. This is a um, this is this is one hell of a series. Um. And I, I really like how, you know, Celtics fans, and, and I've heard this from quite a few actually, uh, are, are handling this series because it's almost like, you know, Josh said it yesterday on the show, I've heard from others, you can't, you almost can't be mad, right? Because Giannis is so good. He's so dominant in some of those late game situations, especially, especially um, we know how deep their roster is, you know, Drew Holiday, the size that they have. The Bucks have been really impressive, especially later in in some of these games. Um, and now we have, I mean, it's at some books. This is down to a pick 'em, Kate, between mm -hmm. the Celtics and the Bucks, which it kind of makes you scratch your head, right? It's that five serve form. 
Um, Bucks back at home in front of their home crowd, but we're seeing low totals across the board. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It's not a pick em. I had it on the first quarter bet. Uh, it's still minus one and a half for the Bucks, but still, that's a really, really short line. Yeah. Um, what are your initial thoughts on this one? And if it's not too early for you, and if you want to mix in a little Minnesotian, I think some of our, our <laughs> I think some of our listeners would love that. You know, you know, it doesn't have to be the whole thing, but you could throw in <laughs> something in there. Like, come on, you something. Man. Well, uh, you know, I uh, early on I like the. Well, I'm not sure what I like. <laughs> I don't know how to pick a side here because I could make arguments for both i mean the bucks they're back at home and you know they play great at home and this is a closeout game in front of their crowd and you have the the best player in the league in Giannis Antetokounmpo i don't know if that's Minnesota's how i say that name in the league yeah um but the celtics aren't just gonna go away i mean the celtics should have won that game five on their home floor they should have closed that out i don't know what happened there what i like would lean to in this one is the under 211 and a half. I would play the under right now. I mean, I think the defense in this game is going to be top notch. Just the Celtics knowing that they have to play good defense and they're one of the best defensive. Te- they were the best defensive team in the league all season long. So um, I would take the under there and uh, maybe look, uh, maybe look to a uh, Bucks first quarter. Pretty good in the first quarter at home, although you said that was a pick 'em. So uh, maybe lean there. First quarter pick 'em, yep. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I kind of think the Celtics win this. And we go to a game seven, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Celtics are a good team. Really good team. Yeah, and I and think it, it, Grant Williams might be back in this game, which would make. Oh, a difference. Um, Robert Williams. Robert yeah, Williams. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They have I a lot of Williams. Guys mixed up yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, I think he is. He's it's just like knee soreness at this point, which you know, easy for me to say. Uh, yeah. but you know, they they need some big bodies in there, that's for sure. I think I think especially especially in that last game, we saw those offensive rebounds from Bobby Portis. He got seven by himself. Yeah. Um, just to have another body in there, you know, yeah. is gonna be something to he was kind of their defensive anchor yeah, oh, the second yeah. half of the season once they made those adjustments defensively and switch everything. I mean, he kind of helps turn that defense around. So without him in maybe their defense has been a little bit more permeable than during the regular season (laughs) yeah 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 um yeah the the way that he roams like no one else on the Celtics can really do that right he's just so long and and he can roam the uh the paint uh but then he pops out quick to defend some of those mid-court shots too so uh, he's an excellent defender and you know of course Marcus Smart Jason Tatum made huge strides in his game defensively you even have guys coming off the uh the bench like Pritchard. I mean, they have great defenders all, all around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say even though Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, throughout the later part of the season, Robert Williams III was probably their most important piece and yeah. how they were able, able to use him defensively. Yeah. Um, you know, just because you can't replicate a Marcus Smart, uh, but the guards are going to play a similar level of, uh, at least give a similar level of, of effort. Whereas a big man like Robert Williams the third is just not made very often, right? I mean, he kind of has like that, like Zion athleticism. If 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 Zion was in shape, <laughs> Zion has athleticism at this point in his career. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll I'll give a free pick here. I went with the under early in this one. I think uh, I like the first half under one hundred two and a half. Sometimes we see these games open up in the second half. Uh, you know, a lot of these games have started off really low scoring. Uh, it 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 actually amazes me because. You know, we see great offenses out there too, like right, like with the Mavericks and the Suns last night. At you know, certain points, it's like where are the 
where are the points in this game? Yeah. You know, it, it's it, it's it's amazing how defense changes in the playoffs and, and maybe how the nerves change in the playoffs, too, when you you know, every shot just really matters a lot more. Um, but especially if Robert Williams, the third comes back, I like these unders early. I like it full game, too. I just think that there's a chance that one of these teams could go on a run if they find a rhythm at a certain point. Um, and that's especially true of the Bucks. They like to run a little faster at home. Um, did you have any other plays or props on this game or anything else to anything else to mention? I guess I didn't. I guess I didn't offer my accent. Yeah. Hey, Constable, if you got any other, uh, hey, what do you got here? You got maybe a total or a prop play, something like that. What do you got for me? <laughs> um. Oh, I should have looked at props prior to this. We never look at props. You know, I don't look at props either, really. And then and I'm asking you, you know, putting a bright light on you. Let's go, props. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm well, going to take yeah. Bobby Portis points. Crazy eyes? Yeah. 11 and a half? I love Bobby Portis. I do too. Um, Al Horford, 12 and a half? Rebounds? Points. Oh, oh points. Oh, wow. Huh. Um, the one thing that I think about that is um, if Robert Williams III does play, we need to watch how Horford is used. That's a great uh, point. I mean, he, he actually could get uh, more space on offense. Uh, maybe for rebounds, you know, he's going to lose a few of those. So, I yeah. mean, that's just off the top of my head. But I could see actually him getting even more space, right, because they have to respect Robert Williams down low too. Right. Um. Let's see. You don't seem very enthused by that thought of mine. <laughs> well, I just right. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Uh I'm thinking, I'm I'm thinking as you're talking. So no, I'm not listening to you at all right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, how about Jason Tatum's um points at 29 and a half? Now he's had a few games where you know he came alive in that last one, or no, I don't know if it was the last one, the game before that. Uh, but scored over 30 in game uh four. Um but you know, in that last one, some 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 issues at the end. Let me look and find exactly what he scored because I don't want to say nonsense here on a on a pod. Um, but Jason Tatum obviously is gonna is gonna bear the weight, yeah, mostly of you know scoring in those big game situations. Um, in game five, he had thirty four points, so he did come alive. I mean, he's been he's been eclipsing that thirty mark a lot, but he's had he's had one or two clunkers in this series too. Um, I, I, I kind of like that line 29 and a half because especially if the Celtics are down, they're going to turn to Tatum often, right? They're just yeah. going to kind of force feed him the ball. Uh, and you got to figure at a certain point at home against the Bucks, they're going to be down. You know, they're going to have to push it a little bit. Yeah. I like that. Um, I don't know. Do you look at Giannis just knowing that he shows up in big games like this? I mean, he shows yeah. up all the time, but especially in a big game like this, maybe points, rebounds, assists over. Yeah, I got to say, I played Giannis in so many PAR props in the finals last year. Yeah. And they're always ridiculous. You know, like 52, 53, 54. It's Which like, holy. insane. And, and he gets it. And, yeah. and and he clears it almost every time because in these big game situations, Giannis is almost locked into over 30 points and, and, and like 13 to 16 rebounds. It's almost like a lock for this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so then you're almost at the 50 point or the 50 mark already. Right. Yeah. So you just need uh, um, a few assists uh, again, you know, just from like reading the market and everything is something to always notice is, is um, 
these lines are high, right? So we're not getting the best lines, right? Buy, buy low, sell high. So this is this is a really high 53 and a half on Giannis, and it's juiced. So it's not the best line. Again, I I still wouldn't I still wouldn't be surprised if it goes over though. I don't think it's a bad bet. Uh, can I get a give a prop from a different game? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that was like Minnesota gonna, uh, plus New York. That was all messed up. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Dylan Brooks again. Ooh. He's been awful in this series. Under prop. I like it. Under. Oh, his points was 19 and a half in this last game. In game five, it's 17 and a half tonight. He still only had, I believe, 12 in that last game. Yeah. Um, I mean, they need him to get going if they want to, if they want to win. But I just, he's just been so bad that I would still play the under there. Yeah, I like I like that, and I like that we talk about that on the Bet US show too. I think it just the world wants to pick overs across the board all the right. time. I but, do. Yeah. I, I hardly ever pick unders. Right? I, I do too. I do. It's like a natural. Like we want overs. We want more points. I don't know, um, but unders are a great look, especially in the playoffs with the upgrades in defense and the way teams slow down. I think you can make a lot of money on unders in the NBA playoffs. Mavs. I would take Chris Paul first quarter unders. He does not score much in the first quarter. I think his points in the first quarter is like three and a half. And he takes wow. the first quarter to establish, get his other guys going. If I mean, if you watch how Chris Paul plays, he shows up in the fourth quarter. I mean, not shows up, but scoring wise, he decides to start scoring more in the second half. Once he's gotten his other guys involved, that's kind of his focus to start the game is get the offense flowing, get everyone involved. Um, and then he scores, starts to take over more towards the second half. So I haven't been betting this, but I, I don't know why I haven't, but I've been keeping an eye on it and I should have bet it because he doesn't score in the first quarter often. Yeah. So. Well, plus he has to score in the fourth quarter because Devin Booker does. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I pretty good for just that kidding. one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, and I'm looking at Steph Curry. Listen. Um, Steph Curry's had some struggles in this series and, and the Golden State Warriors in general haven't looked very motivated. I mean, Draymond Green came out on his podcast and just almost didn't seem, uh, I mean, he didn't seem worried at all. He was like kind of making fun of their performance in game five, which is a very interesting take. I guess that's good for confidence, but if, if there's any spot for Steph Curry to, to like blow up, um, this is it. I mean, 27 and a half points for Steph Curry in some of these big scoring games that he's had in the playoffs is not that much. He's at home and he's been stifled now for two straight games. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he's just struggled from the field in two straight games. Um, so a shooter, I, like I always say this, you know, there's, there's very few players in the NBA like this. So you have to really pick your spots, but somebody with the shooting talent and practice and work ethic that Steph Curry has just in terms of, regression and probability and things moving back to the mean they're going to start to drop you know um and and if he comes out he came out very aggressive in game five and then just the warriors were just down by so many points that like he just kind of let his foot off the gas but i i think he's going to come out aggressive again and and i don't know if he's going to lose it this time do you do you take his points or do you take something like a a three-point prop that yeah that's certainly an option uh i haven't seen what the three-point prop is but i I like I like pure points uh, because we've seen Curry, you know, turn down those threes a lot. But 
I mean, it's it's yeah, at three and a half, and it's like super juiced. Yeah, so, three and a half minus one sixty four. I would take the points too. Lawrence is twenty seven and a half. That almost seems pretty low for him. Yeah, it's reasonable. Of course, what he scored lately. I mean, who knows? But yeah. um, that's that. All right, Kay. Well, we flew through this. Um, sure did. And uh, you know, I've been telling my listeners every week. I'm like. I got to fly through this podcast today, guys, because I got so much going on. Like, that hasn't stopped. Um, <laughs> and so for all my listeners who who want maybe longer form podcasts, um, you know, we can work on that this summer. We can work on changing some things. And I guess I can't apologize for all the transitions that I'm going through with moving and stuff because this stuff happens in life. But mm-hmm. um, I, I would love to do more longer form podcasts with you, Kate, because eventually it gets silly. It gets funny. There's accents, for you know. Sure. There's there's a great flow, uh, and we could talk about just some sports betting stuff in the future too. But before we go, where can our listeners find you and uh, yeah, just find you and follow your stuff and your bets and your personality and everything? <laughs> you can find me in Arizona. Um, I won't give out my address. No, I'm kidding. Um, she's in the canyons. She's in the in the canyons. Yes. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kate Constable. I've also started a TikTok. Uh, quite TikTok is an interesting platform. Not really my style, but we are just going full send in on our TikToks and just kind of trying to see what happens. So find me on TikTok at Kate Constable as well. Um, and on the BetUS show, five days a week, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be on there today. Chris will not be joining us today. What are you doing? Just taking the day off. <sighs> Yeah, I'm just lazy. No, um, I, 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 I've been very poor planning, a poor planner this week. Um, I, um, if I'm being honest, uh, there's, there's been a lot of overpromising on my part. I had to pick up my son yesterday. We got friends coming over today. And for some reason, even though all my friends said that they're going to get here way before four o'clock, I haven't even thought about like, oh yeah, I can still do the show. Like, no, Chris, you can't do the show because you're probably going to be five beers in at that point. So um yeah it's, it's just not gonna work and, and i thought about really trying to, good show. i know i thought about in. trying to still squeeze it in but like i don't make the, i don't want to make the guys wait you know we got some no, apparently some live soccer to bet on or something yeah so yeah. um yeah. you know it's 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 a payday that i'm gonna miss but uh, i mean honestly and i meant to say this to josh but you know me i could be like overly nice but like if anybody deserves an extra payday it's josh because he's yeah. taken my spot like 18 times this season yeah. so. and it's saturday for josh too he deserves overtime for working on the i weekend. know he does he yeah. does he was like he was like yeah sure man <laughs> like, <laughs> probably probably a little bit like oh shit. yeah because he he has to get up at like 6 a.m you're making this guy wake up at 6 a.m on a saturday yeah. so you can go drink beer wow so I can go we see beer, where your yeah. priorities are this is selfish insane. prick over here yeah. You know, <laughs> well, you know, some of us did that for five straight days in another country. Uh, and, and, totally, and, and let me tell you something. The Bet US show was was looking for answers when you were gone. So uh, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't as stable. That's for sure. I was 12 te- tequila shots deep by this by what is it? 830 here, 830 a.m. in Mexico that week. What? I just, <laughs> not actually. I'm joking. But I went. It was a different cape for a couple of days. We'll say that. I'll say this, everybody who's listening, drink responsibly, but <laughs> legendary stuff there, Kate Constable. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, you know, I might have, I might have seen some evidence there. That, that seems like a fun time, fun time. And now we won't be doing that again for another four years. So yeah. Yeah. Nothing better than a bachelorette or a bouncer party though. It's just like right? everybody let loose is, let, yeah. let loose is, let's lose. Everyone all of a sudden just reverts back to like their 21, 22 year old days and 
Let me Even tell though you. our bodies can't handle it. Oh my gosh. No. How long, how long was the recovery after your trip? Like a week. Yeah. Like we get hung over every single day. So what else do you do to help a hangover? Like just have a drink in the morning and then it just kind of snowballs from there. And so, yeah, my recovery was like a week. Yeah, that's that's the problem is that when you're that low in serotonin, because, you know, alcohol naturally reduces that in you. Right. It's you know, it's the happy chemical in your brain, uh, especially over time. Uh, the only way to get it back is, is by more drinks. So yeah. It's just, yeah. And we it's all know that. But then, yeah. Once the cycle stops, though, then it's like, oh, the drudgery is. is then it's even more vicious. It's yeah, miserable. Yeah. yeah. Remember that, folks. We are handicapping experts, but we're also drinking experts. So when you're done <laughs> drinking, get outside, get some pure vitamin D. We don't drink yeah. and handicap. Or do we? That's yeah. maybe when our handicapping goes wrong. Yeah, I'm going to try not to do that this weekend. Really, really. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight may be hard. Steve's already uh, identifying live soccer bets we can do. And I'm like, oh, boy. Ooh, let me I know. Have... I should well, I have, I have zero expertise there, but sure, I'll let you know. Well, Steve's good. Steve's the, Steve's good. Steve's the um, circuit partner, right? Bo he Bobo Betts. He, he's really good in NFL. He's still figuring out soccer, but so far he's been really good. Yes. <laughs> All right. I don't, think, well, I don't think he'd want me to say that he's an expert in soccer yet, but he, he's <laughs> he's getting better and better. He is my circuit partner. He's coming over today. There'll probably be some social media content of the boys getting after it. So look forward to that. Um, Kate Constable, very few anchors, hosts, guests in this world could just wake up and put on a performance like you just did. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to miss you on the show today, but we'll have you back on this podcast soon. And we'll catch you. And we'll catch you. I guess I'll catch you on Monday. I'm I'm glad that this podcast isn't on camera because I look a little different now than I probably will on the show later this afternoon. So thank you for this being an audio only podcast. And thank you for having Hi. me. Chris. It's always fun to be on. Great chatting hoops with you and look forward to doing it again sometime soon. Absolutely. I, I thought I thought it was good comic relief throughout the podcast. She's like picking her eyes, you know, she's getting cold, <laughs> waking up. Um, okay, well, we keep this going on. You know, Fred, this is what we mean about Kate. We, it's, 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 it's an easy 45 minutes with her. All right, Kate, let's close this thing out. We'll see you next time. All right, we'll see you, Chris. Have a good weekend.